0: Welcome to another new episode of Under the Scope. (laughs) Yeah, that was dumb. Um, I did uh, did not expect. All right, all right. Uh, Welcome to the show. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That theme song's not gonna come back. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) I'm your host, Will Brost, uh, and the other voice you heard is our good buddy Patrick Anderson. How are you doing? I'm great. Great, and moving to San Francisco in a little bit.
1: So yeah, I'll leave it tomorrow.
0: So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited for you. moving away. <laughs> we'll have the you know the cross country. We're podcast gonna have coming. a real
1: long distance pod. Uh, oh like yeah. From from now on, like this, like this is gonna be like two thousand miles of, of long <laughs> of podcasting.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have those long distance Skype miles going. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. great. <laughs> All right, so. We haven't done an album review in a minute, but this is one of the most hyped album. Sorry, <laughs> uh, that was hilarious. Um, so yeah, this is one of the most hyped album releases in a long time, uh, probably since Kanye West's album this year. Um, yep Frank Ocean finally did it. Finally came out with an album after four years of waiting. Um, well, he came out with two. Technically, he had the endless visual album. But on, I got two versions. He's got two versions, <laughs> and but the one we're talking about on this podcast is Blonde, which I believe is the official sequel to Channel Orange, an album that I thought was probably the best of 2012. Um, but before we talk about the actual album, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this pre-release hype a little bit. You know, just kind of share our thoughts on the hype and the madness and the messiness that led to this whole thing so what were your thoughts on that
1: on just the hype in general
0: yeah just you know uh like the whole releasing the album surprise release
1: yeah like the just the rollout of it i'm okay i'm a fan of uh of surprise releasing and everything because it's the it's 2016 (laughs) hey yep and that's just how things are now. Like there, it has that availability, and there's a little bit of artistry to it, I think, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it's a little bit less like, you know, uh, I don't know. There's not as much advertising involved in it, and and uh, and people are really involved in those kind of things because they're fans. So I I like that aspect of it. But Frank had us on a leash. Yeah, yeah. My only like, yeah for a couple years. And I think that's where people got so upset about, like, and got this idea that, like, it's been forever since he's released an album. Because it's only been four years. Right. And, you know, like, I for R&B and hip-hop artists, I guess that's a pretty long time for the most part, especially whenever they just dropped their first album. But, um, but... You know, then again, like, in, like, the rock world and stuff, like, we see, We, I mean, like, the Avalanches, we just saw them sure. wait 16 years past their debut album to release their next one. American football's coming back after 17 right. years. Right. Right. So, you know, that's a long time. Four years really isn't that long, but, you know, I guess for fans waiting, I think that the, the thing that happened was that he announced, kind of, that an yeah. album was coming, like, what? two years ago, I think.
0: Yeah, so he had that hashtag July 2015. Yeah, right. So, and I'm in 100% agreement with you. Like, my only complaint is that he told us, I mean, he implied that the album was coming out last July, last year. Right. And then, you know, kept us dangling even within the past month about, oh, well, it might come out this Friday or ooh, maybe not. Oh, we'll see. And but I, I like surprise releases too because, uh, like you said, it, it, it's we have the technology to just stream albums and have albums available with the click of a few buttons on our computer. Right. And so a surprise release to me is an event uh, rather than just hey, I'm gonna put this on Spotify at midnight on Friday. You know.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. So I like I think that. that- I, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I like how he did it. I thought that the rollout with Endless was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that that kind of made up for uh, all this. It made up for for a little bit of, of the, uh, I guess, the betrayal that everybody was feeling. <laughs> right, right. From not having an album. The fact that he technically dropped two albums two uh, within the same weekend. Because... There was a. I mean, I was even mad like last weekend. You know, whenever was it? Last weekend? Yeah. No, it was or, August fifth. Yeah. Jeez. That was that. It was supposed to drop. That right. New York Times even tweeted or sent out something that it was going to be. Uh, it was going to be available that weekend on Apple Music, and then it wasn't. Right. So I think Endless helped out a lot with that kind of thing because that was like the last draw for people.
0: Right. I was. There, I was staying like, up when for that, that
1: happened. It was like all
0: right <laughs> yeah I, I stayed up late for that and i'm just like you know what just call me when the album comes out i'm done following this whole thing um yeah so endless was kind of this i don't want to dismiss it but it did kind of feel like a one-off you know the music was great on it but it felt more like a side yeah. project slash experiment rather than a f- uh, a proper uh album i suppose yeah
1: but, there's there's yeah. a lot of it, like the whole concept behind it's really really interesting and definitely worth the watch but yeah yeah, ultimately i think that it was like i don't know it was it was good but it wasn't you know it's not what this album right is not the not the scale of what this new album is
0: so yeah uh so let's get into it then what were your thoughts on blonde
1: Oh man, it's getting better and better for me as yes. as I listen to it, and I loved it even like the first time we I listened to it whenever I was at your apartment.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah, I it's getting it's getting just better and better for me uh, as it goes. It's just like it's so much more emotional, which is crazy than Channel Orange was, <laughs> right. right? And I, there's so I, it's so much more in depth than all that. And um, the production on it isn't as cool. It's very subdued. Or it's not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as... Uh, hmm. It, it, I guess it's just not as big as Channel it's, Orange. Right, is I it. was going to
0: say, it's not as maximal. Uh, right. The, the production on Blonde is subtle and minimal, um, which is cool. You know, at, at first I was actually kind of bored by the production, but... It, it warms really? up it warmed up to me quite a bit because I've noticed as I've listened to this repeatedly I've noticed little nuances in the production that I didn't catch and that is yeah. what really grabbed me about the production um, but yeah. because the production is subdued it showcases Frank's vocals and lyricism and you nailed it uh, it's incredibly emotional there's yeah. a lot of passion on this album covering a variety of topics but mostly you know love and relationships and uh, Sex, drugs, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, But yeah, uh, I think it's gotten better with every single listen as well. Although, I'm glad we didn't do this podcast on, say, Monday. Because I would have given it like a six.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, I mean... So your first impressions of it weren't really that strong at all.
0: Right, right. So like my first... Okay, so our first actual listen for the the people listening to this podcast... Patrick was over at my house, uh, or at my apartment... Uh, we listened to Blonde while watching the Olympics, which was actually kind of funny. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, the juxtaposition <laughs> of that. Fun. Yeah, uh, the runner fell, and uh, you know Frank was playing in the background. It was it was actually kind of funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know during that listen, I wasn't really trying to nitpick anything. I was just enjoying the fact that there's a new Frank Ocean album. So when I finally sat down with the album after you left, I was I liked it, but I was I was pretty disappointed. I'm like, wow, I waited. You know, four years for an album that has samey, dull production and just the songs weren't grabbing me as much as the best songs on Channel Orange, like Pyramids or Bad Religion. Okay. So that was initially. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday, no, not not Tuesday and Wednesday, just Tuesday, I guess, I started to warm up to it a little more like, okay, you know what, this is actually not as bad as I, you know, thought. And then yesterday it just clicked. Like everything just fell into place. It's like, wow, Frank absolutely delivered and really regained his status as the head of modern R and B music.
1: That's that's really interesting. I know that every or that a lot of people have been calling it one of the one of the most grower albums to come out in a long time.
0: I think it is my biggest grower of the year. I would say. Yeah,
1: I. I I would definitely I could cuz I have liked it more and more as I listened to it probably not as as drastic of a change as hmm. as yours was but but I like that kind of minimalist production anyway right I'm a I'm a fan of that, usually even over like, you know, the maximalism and stuff like that. I like I like that kind of stuff more anyway. So I was pro- I was grabbed by that initially any, anyways.
0: And that uh that minimal uh, production, uh and it's it's sort of up your alley a little bit because some of it felt very ambient, especially during those little interludes. Yeah, I thought yeah. there was a bunch of Brian Eno, maybe influence. I, I'm not sure. Well
1: he's he has a he has a credit. Oh yeah, that's the- right. On the album, so I'm, you know, he's probably involved in the production in some way, which is crazy, like, I, I don't know when the last project Brian, like, the ma- last major project Brian Eno's been on since then, and uh, maybe, like, yep. Coldplay's uh, Milo Zilato album, and, and that came was. out in 2011. Exactly. So, so, So,
0: yeah, so what were your, like, favorite songs, I guess? I imagine uh, ours will be pretty similar, but...
1: Yeah, they keep they 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 were changing around a little bit, uh, here and there as I was as I was listening to it. But uh, right now, I'm a huge White Ferrari fan. White Ferrari. Yeah, I'm am I'm a big fan of White Ferrari right now. Um, it's just it's it's so it's so Frank. It's like yes. it reminds me very much of Channel Orange, Frank. Uh, it's it's. It's less, it's more minimal just like the rest of the album is than, sure. than Channel Orange, uh, Frank is. But it's so much, that melody and uh, this, you know, just like all the subject matter and everything, just the production on it is really interesting and great too. Um, so that's been a, a big one for me. So for right now, and then also Nike's still is mm, okay. one, one of the top ones for me. I, the, the dark, airy production on that and the high-pitched voice, I think are super creative. Thank
0: you. I love the high pitch voice. I know that will probably turn off a lot of people, but some of my favorite moments on the entire record are that... that yeah. Any sort of vocal effects he uses, because it's not just the high-pitched uh, on the on the project. He, he uses a variety of vocal effects, like the Prismizer on uh, Close to You, where he sounds like a James Blake impersonation somewhat. Yeah, um, yeah. So any of those vocal effects I'm a huge fan of, which... I was skeptical of that because I like Frank's raw, authentic voice. But yeah, Nike's is a, is a standout
1: for me as well. It's, I think that the hype, I I know that, uh, uh, Fantano said that, uh, that he like hated it or he didn't hate it, but he was just like not impressed by the, you know, he just thought it was completely unnecessary and kind of annoying and stuff. And I, I don't get that at all. I think that it's, extremely creative and like really well done. That's such a hard thing to pull off and it was pretty ambitious the way that he did it especially on Nike's.
0: And it was and um, it, it was the intro and so when you hear that you immediately knew that Frank was going for a more stripped down sound. Right. Like it was evident even from that intro track.
1: Yeah, you got the you got the feel for the it was a great intro track, you know, you Certainly. get the the feel for the whole album through that through that uh that one song. So and, uh, did you notice, I think that we might've talked about it whenever I was at your apartment, but whenever the, the Nike's video, like the voice on that is super low, right? Like a ASAP Rocky yeah. mixtape. Okay. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. Cause it, and then he, you know, he comes in the video with the,
0: I got two versions. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I like the version. I prefer the version that we actually got on blonde, but I do like too. I do, too. Of them. I oh, do yeah. too.
1: But I thought that that was really creative. Uh, the fact that he rolled out that that version of it with the video and then uh, the other version with a high-pitched voice with uh, the actual album. I thought that was pretty interesting.
0: Um, and um, something I liked also about Nike's, and just in general, he does this on a lot of tracks, like Solo or Nights. He has this, and this isn't new for Frank Ocean, but he has this half-sung, half-rapped you flow and melody. I think that's really cool. Like, he's yeah. not just an R&B singer. He's got a lot of hip-hop influence in him. Um, and so when he does do a little more of the hip-hop side to his vocals, it comes off great because he has a natural speaking voice as well as a naturally great singing voice. So when he yeah. kind of finds the, the balance in between the two, I think it comes off pretty well, not only on Nikes, but on Blonde uh, overall.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that he's... He's nailed that as, like, kind of a, a staple, like, kind of a unique thing that he has yeah. as an artist. Or as, like, a like crossing the bridge between uh, hip-hop and R&B. It's like what Drake
0: does a lot, but Drake is
1: a lot less interesting <laughs> when he does it. <laughs> it. Well, Frank Ocean is very much like Drake. Yeah. Like, in his style and his subject matter and all that stuff. Except for he's not a yeah. wave rider and... <laughs> You know, just corny.
0: Oh, this album is proof that he's not a wave writer. But when I oh jeez, yeah, <laughs> the, when I listened to Nights, which is one of my favorite songs on this whole thing, uh-huh. I so definitely got a, a Drake impression on that. Like especially during the hook, it's like every day shit, every night shit. Yeah, like, that that reminded me so much of Drake. Um, but yeah. yeah, Nights is one of my favorites. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, how about uh, what do
1: you think about Pink and White?
0: That was actually the first time I heard it I sort of dismissed it because it sounded a little too poppy and it seemed kind of out of nowhere but that's yeah. one of my favorite songs now also
1: and same here it's become one of my favorites i I, I kind of dismissed it as one of the one of the forgettable ones on the album when I first heard it but yeah it's the same way for me it's it's really really well done
0: you hear that piano and it the piano sounds great don't get me wrong but it's yeah. it's kind of happy kind of jolly I guess coming yeah. off of a, the song before that ivy which is pretty emotional um, yeah so i was kind of thrown off for a bit but i love pink and white um i didn't know it was beyonce at the end but i, I didn't either
1: I, that's so
0: crazy but i remember loving that immediately like her backing vocals i'm like wow whoever this is this sounds heavenly
1: and sure yeah. enough
0: it was queen bay
1: so. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I, I, whenever I I saw that, like after you know, like looking at some of the credits and everything, and looking at the Reddit threads on it, um, like I read that that was Beyonce. I'm like, I, it's it's just so interesting to me that he didn't even he he does didn't decide to credit anybody like on individual tracks at all. Yeah. He just put them in a list. Like
0: Kendrick Lamar. He's on a track yeah, and exactly. I didn't even realize that's, it.
1: Yeah. That's real artistry right there. Right. Like he, that's he, that's really being proud of like what you have for what it is, instead yeah. of being like, Oh, by the way, this track has Beyonce on it, so right, you now, should listen to it because it's yeah freaking Beyonce. Well, the
0: songs would have gotten a lot more plays if he said featuring Beyonce or featuring Kendrick Lamar, but he realized that he can carry an entire project by himself, with the exception of one killer Andre 3000 verse.
1: Oh yeah, I was about to say
0: yeah, that's, that's we gotta fe- talk about that. Yeah, let's yeah let's talk about that. Okay, so I'm sort of conflicted. I'm barely conflicted, but I'm I'm conflicted nonetheless because. Okay. I love Andre 3000. That verse is awesome. You know, I love the song and it's one of my favorites. Right. But, and this is kind of more of a slight gripe than anything. It really does kind of stick out. Yeah. I mean, it's so random. Like, he just comes in, you know, kills it for like a minute and a half and then fades away and then it's on to the next track. It just kind of, it throws me off as I'm listening to the full album, I guess. But, Andre 3000 proved why he's one of the all-time greats and he did his annual verse or whatever you know he came out of his cave uh not wanting to do an outcast album so he comes out of the cave does his verse and I, i imagine he won't be back until the next frank ocean album is
1: tunneled back into his <laughs> poetry and it's, tea he, time. Like
0: uh, Puck's a Tawny Phil, you know, he comes right. out, sticks his head out, spits a verse, and then goes back into his hole for another year.
1: <laughs> yeah, leaves everybody in shock.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I imagine you feel relatively the same way because I remember we fr- yeah. we freaked out. We're like, oh my god, this is Andre 3000.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were vocally like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> we-
0: oh man okay so
1: yeah no 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 uh i feel pretty much the same way because like even listening to it now like expecting it uh it's like a distinct like the way he comes in too is uh yeah yeah like (laughs) stop like uh you know like dropping that after like these dark emotional kind of like you know depressive tracks and everything um and he's got that super fast andre flow yes Um, the, the instrumentation is, is super interesting and, and really awesome, uh, and pairs well with, with Andre's voice and his style and everything like that. But I think that that also is a little bit of a standout too. The track as a whole is just like kind of there.
0: Well, and it's what it's solo reprise or reprise. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was wondering, well, how does this connect to the actual song solo. But then I kind of paid attention to the lyrics and I love the the juxtaposition yeah. between what the Frank song solo as in like, you know, a single, you know. But on the Andre 3000 verse he's talking about solo as in like, you know, I'm so down on myself right now. I thought that was really great wordplay between the two songs there.
1: Yeah. I I don't like I it it fits in the album Right. You know, like, it its definitely belongs in there, for sure. The yeah. words and subject matter and everything involved in it belongs there. But it's the sound of it, I think, is what we're both in agreement on, is that it's just a, a little bit of a stick out. Agreed. Uh, right. As far as, like, the... But it, I think that it was also kind of... I don't want to say intentional. Yeah,
0: well, it was intentional. Yeah, no, yeah.
1: you're right, you're right You guys
0: just don't get it. Because this album is... Uh, not the most cohesive album in the world.
1: Well, I, I I don't I don't necessarily think for that. I think that I think that it was meant for because uh, you know what he says in there. It's like I was under the impression that everybody wrote their own verses, like that kind of stuff. Speaking of like drink, that's some yeah. right, yeah, like that's some serious like call you out stuff right now. <laughs> and I think that it might have been in you know kind of intentional so that people were like really like struck by it and like listening to what was what was going on that's in a, that yeah. in that short amount of time that he's there
0: that's a good point if it, it felt like an event certainly like yeah it, it grabbed your attention again
1: yeah exactly it's like it's like you know like just a smack in the middle of the album
0: yeah and um and i know this album was previously called boys don't cry but i think drake might be crying after hearing that uh andre <laughs> verse there <laughs> <laughs>
1: why you doing me like that <laughs>
0: So speaking of like the credits on here, um, it's crazy when you look at the credit list how all of these people fit in. Like, how did you get Elliot Smith on this record?
1: Right, but yeah. a
0: lot of it, and I looked into it. It's a lot of it is just interpolations of songs, right? So, like on White Ferrari, he has that line, uh, uh, "Spending each day of the year," which is okay. a direct interpolation of the Beatles' "Here, There, and Everywhere." So that I'm guessing is like why he okay. credited the Beatles on that list, because I was like, "How are okay. the Beatles on this album?" I mean, half of them are dead, and then I, you know I didn't think Paul McCartney did a whole lot with this album, so right. So that's that's what threw me off. But now that I understand it, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. Same thing with Elliot Smith. I was about to say, so the Elliot Smith stuff is the same way, just melody and stuff.
0: on the song Siegfried, I wrote the lyric down. uh, This is not my life, it's just a fond farewell to a friend. That's an Elliot Smith song. And so he just, just, I guess, not really a sample because he sings it himself. So he interpolated the lyric into his own, um, which I thought was brilliant.
1: Um, yeah that's awesome yeah yeah yeah, that's that's just another thing to uncover from that's so great you can tell just how much work he threw in like through that kind of stuff on this album too you know like you can tell like he really wasn't just you know messing around for the past four years
0: and that's why he was
1: kind of genuinely working on this album and making it how exactly how he wanted it to be
0: and that's why like back to our original discussion, that's why I don't mind the wait. Because if you use your time properly, you can come out with an album that I think is incredible. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some artists just kinda
1: churn out a mixtape every six yeah, months. I, I don't get how people <laughs> will I don't understand how they can get so upset. I mean, like I can understand the the frustration and stuff whenever it's like reported that this album's gonna be at, you know, this date and then you don't get it right but i don't get how people can just be like expecting an artist to drop an album at this time frame
0: like i've seen a lot of buzz for like oh my god when is earl gonna release more music it's like it's been just a year like let the man live a little bit
1: yeah you don't want you don't want these people to to rush things either you know like you don't want to Russian artists on their creative process...
0: People act like a blonde could have been made in, like, two months. It's like, that's not how any right. of that works, so...
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, unless you had just a severe epiphany one night.
0: Exactly. It's just oh You my know, gosh.
1: and you yeah. had everything just fall into place at once. I but, gotta get to the studio know, right now. Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it's oh like, my oh my god, we gotta get in there. <laughs> All right, so... No, but, yeah. I, yeah I, I I just don't get how people could be so upset that like, you know, Oh my god, it's been it's been so long. Like he we deserve this album. Right. Like the entitlement it, Yeah, exactly. Like there's you don't deserve an album at all. Right. You know, like yeah if Frank never dropped an album, that's where that's kinda like the JLX stuff. Yep. yep. You know. Like I want him to, but you know. Yeah.
0: And it, you know, it the those negative opinions come from people who would never like pay to buy frank ocean merch or records or anything it's people that haven't invested in the artist and they're just like okay uh time for you to give me another album
1: right yeah they're not treating them like people they're just you know they're 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 thinking of these of 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 artists like they're just like like they're just you know machines that crank out albums every two or three years exactly
0: um yeah so any big negatives on this project
1: uh, I mean, honestly, the most negative points I have is that, like, uh, you know, the interlude track oh, uh, "Be Yourself" um, with his mom. Yeah, it gets old after a couple listens through the album. I really like it in context, sure. and uh, I like the instrumentation behind it. I think that that's it's really cool, but it's not like in amazing or anything. It's just nice little ambient stuff that fits the mood. Um, but you know, yeah, that gets a little bit old after, after a few listens, the first, the first time through, it's pretty important, I'd say, but right. You know, after that, it's like, "Mm."
0: cause the, and then,
1: and then, uh, and then other than that, like, I guess the second half of, uh, of the last track future of free with the interview. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I, I I don't get it, you
0: know? I, I just didn't like how low quality the, the recording was during that. It's hard, yeah, it's hard to listen to. It's harsh, and I can't really understand what they're saying. I mean, yeah. I, I had And it to goes go on up, for, yeah. like, four minutes. Like, I had to look up the lyrics to the interview, and it's kind of interesting. You know, you get uh, the perspective of, like, a younger Frank Ocean, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, the Be Yourself skit, I liked only because... You know, the, the interludes about uh, you know, oh, hey, don't smoke weed, don't drink alcohol, be yourself. And then it just goes right into the track solo, which is all about, you know, smoking weed and drinking and all that, just basically disregarding everything his mom said in the right, previous yeah. So I like I like that. I hate hate the Facebook skit though. Oh.
1: I, I yeah, hate yeah. the Facebook skit.
0: Yeah. You, wait, you, like, hate it? <laughs> oh, uh, no, I, I despise the Facebook skit. Because, really? Okay, so I get the message of the song, right? You know, he's, right. Ta- he's talking to his girlfriend, and she gets mad because he won't accept her on Facebook. And he goes on this little rant about, oh, well, you know, stop being so attached to social media and technology. You know, you're the real thing. You're right in front of my face. Why do I need to accept you on Facebook? Right. How about just accept your girlfriend on Facebook and... <laughs> And stop <laughs> getting on this moral high horse.
1: Like if, if That, that is kind of real. When you know, I was listening to it, like I kind of felt bad for it, but yeah, for the guy. Yeah. But then I was also like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, both of you are kind of in the wrong. Exactly, you know, yeah. Like it takes two seconds. If you don't care about Facebook yeah, that just, much, right, just then exactly. it really wouldn't bother you to have, you know – to, to just accept your girlfriend on Facebook. Like, so. if
0: you came up to me and said, hey, Will, why haven't you added me on Facebook? And my response is like, well, actually, you know, social media as a yes. whole is uh, negative to our relationships. Uh, like, I just went <laughs> on this soapbox about how bad technology is. I, you would be like, dude, you're such a douche.
1: <laughs> yeah. That would be, I'd sm- yeah. I'd smack you in the face.
0: Yeah, but of course, what the girlfriend in the skit that's, broke up with him because of it. So she's that's the, she's in the wrong uh, too. That's
1: the the Randy Marsh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who <What>, stands?
1: <what? laughs> <laughs> Why have you sent me on Facebook?
0: <laughs> it's so, so yeah. That was my big, my big negative, like yours. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't
1: like hate it. I just <laughs> thought it was like a little unnecessary, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's just it. I'm sure it connects somehow, but I don't know how it even
1: fits. Yeah, that, it. that's true. It, it was kind of a weird story. Yeah, like it was just like, yeah, you're you're kind of right on that. Like if I heard somebody telling me that story, I would be like, I'd just be like, okay, yeah, right, right, <laughs> like, it's like wow, okay, guy. Yeah, that's a, kind of a lame story. Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: uh, but other than like those skits, um, my other. I guess negative, was some of the production still hasn't grabbed me. I mean, it's, it's grabbed me more than it has on my initial listens, but some of it I can't really get behind. Uh, not because it's bad, but because it's just sort of unmemorable. Okay. It's, just, it's too... Sometimes it gets too minimal to where I think it's somewhat bland. But, it, you know, Frank makes up for that because his vocals sound great, stellar, gorgeous, the entire time. Yeah. And so that's kind of what kept me coming back. And now, after a few listens, I understand, like, oh, okay, that it fits well with the production. So I like it more than I did, but I'm still, I, I, I still prefer, like, the maximal production on Channel Orange.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so. Um,
0: but, yeah, I, I freaking love this album, though. Uh, I, I've been live texting my thoughts on this album uh, with Colin. Our good, yeah. our good friend Colin. You know, every day I just like, you know, I am not really feeling this Frank that much. And then the next day it's like, "Uh, eh, you know, I kind of like it." And then yeah, I texted him yesterday. It's like, "Dude, I freaking love this album." So,
1: nice. Yeah. Um, I was yeah, I, I was I was texting him the same stuff about it.
0: <laughs> I love how but, he's like our well, medium.
1: He's, yeah, he's he he's the medium because like I have to like talk about it with somebody. And if he's right. listening to the album that we're listening to for a podcast and I'm like Especially, you know, you're right. Yeah let's talk about
0: it It, because especially this album, because it's such a water cooler album. Like everybody I know has like heard this album or at least knows what's going on with it. Right. This is one of the the bigger releases in a while. Um, we haven't talked about my favorite song yet. And I kind of wanted to touch on it just a little bit. Okay. Self control is the best song on here. Um, I love, once again, they got those high pitched vocal effects going on. Um, there's a lot of smooth guitar patterns on here and on the album. There's a lot more guitar than I expected. Uh, just a kind of lot hanging, of guitar. A ton on of guitar. Album. Just hanging in the background, you know, never the star of the show or anything, but it, it sets the mood and it sounds great. And I like the yeah. tone of it. So, um, yeah, so most of my favorite production, uh, or most of my favorite tracks on the production side of things uh, feature, you know, these sensual guitar riffs uh, in the background. Um, but yeah, this song, Self-Controlled, it, Frank sings with even more conviction than he does uh, normally. Um, I love the the features by Young Lean. I didn't know Young Lean was on the song. And then uh, this guy, Austin Feinstein. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of him, but he sounded great. Um, and then this song builds and changes up uh, throughout. Uh, just Just a really smooth song overall. And one that I think hasn't gotten as much buzz as like solo, but a song that I think everyone should kind of, you know, go back and listen to it if you kind of forgot about it, because I think that's not only the best song on here, but maybe one of the best songs of
1: 2016. Yeah, I it's a yeah, I, it's a standout track for me too. The uh, the the final part of it, the outro part of it, the the. Uh, where where they like the chorus builds up and everything well, the, like it's uh, just uh uh no, yeah yeah
0: that that's awesome
1: yeah that part of it is the most i mean that's one of the most significant points of the album i think um it's uh, it, uh, it's so well done and yeah i didn't even know who young lean was yeah before oh,
0: he's a meme rapper
1: Yeah, I looked, I looked at, you know, I had to look up everything, because, like, everybody on Twitter was like, Young Lean is on this. Yeah,
0: well, I heard that that voice during the chorus, and it was really low, like, you know, uh, leave a place for me, or whatever the lyric is. And I was like, wow, that guy sounds good, who is that? And it's one of the biggest meme rappers out right now. (laughs) I, I couldn't believe it. I was, once again, utilizing the features in a way that, you know, it's not... Overutilization. it's interesting and, right and it's creative just
1: yeah that's a uh, that's kind of a kanye uh yeah nod right there like doing that's 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 kind of the stuff that he he would do i got uh, a
0: lot of kanye on this album uh other than that too but yeah they what i got a lot of like kanye influence on this album you know and, yeah and endless especially uh that project i thought had a lot of kanye in it but
1: yeah he uses the uh, uh, that that Kanye the gorgeous kind of auto tune. It's sim- similar to that uh, on some parts of this album, and yeah, there was there was a good good amount of of uh, of Kanye influence, I think, on this.
0: Um, so yeah, oh, I I totally agree. Um, I kind of wish you know, I heard a little bit of Kanye. I don't think he produced anything. I think that would have been a pretty cool combination. But the producers we did get like. Jamie X, oh. and uh, you know all those guys. Pharrell was on here. I think the production list yeah. was very impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, also, uh, I wanted to ta- uh, mention Godspeed.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: The final, the second to last track. Yeah. Uh, that track, I think, is 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 really, really. It's like kind of an under. It, I think it's going to be a little bit of a sleeper track. Or I think that it is a, a mm-hmm. bit of a sleeper track, um, as, uh, like as far as you know what people consider their sure. favorite tracks on this album. Um, but I think that it's really, really awesome. Like it's 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 so it's just like there's like barely any lyrics to it either. It's like two or th- it's like a paragraph basically. Um, but the production on it and the the singing and every, uh, like it's it's really well done on this track. I think it's like um, the closest. It kind of caught. Out. It just caught my ear the last time I was listening to it. I don't know. It's it's just. I just wanted to give it a shout out. Yeah. Basically.
0: It, I mean, it's the closest thing we get to a real ballad, I guess, on here. I mean, it's just Frank going insane with his his vocal delivery. Sounds yeah. Very passionate here. Um, it wasn't one of like my top tracks, but I definitely enjoyed it. So yeah, I, I yeah,
1: it, it's not one of my top either. I think that it's just it. I, I wanted to like give it a little bit of credit for what it was. Sure. Yeah, because uh, I haven't seen a
0: whole lot of buzz about it, either.
1: Yeah, that caught my it caught my attention last time I was listening to it though, and I thought that it was a really, really well done, track. But yeah, Siegfried's really great too, man. I, I, Holy I, I, yeah.
0: cow! I love I love. Uh, about Siegfried the same kind of thing that I mentioned with self-control there's like different parts to the song I love that spoken word the kind of kind of spoken word I guess toward the end of the track um yeah where he's just like uh, man I, I the, the lyrics are escaping me right now but he does sort of his normal voice uh it's kind of wrapped but
1: not really uh,
0: it's, it's, he's, yeah. Just, what are you, what are you talking about? The
1: dream a thought that could dream about a thought that could, dream yeah, <laughs> that right, part. yeah, yeah.
0: And then right after that, uh, shoot, what does he say? I can't even,
1: it's not even the, gone. uh, oh, oh, uh, uh oh, yeah, uh, make it less take... morose and more present, dwell on the gifts for us, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And
0: he's like, uh, maybe take some
1: shrooms. Uh, have a good cry about have, you in the dark yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah yeah
0: exactly yeah so i love that and he does that a little bit on future of free the outro he does that a little bit and, uh, tyler slept on my couch Yeah, you no, know, all that stuff
1: yeah dude i thought that was so great that that line that was that kind of gave me a little bit a little bit of emotion here in that
0: yeah i was like oh yeah because odd future had that fallout but it's like oh they you know Remember, yeah. remember the good times. Yeah. yeah, and
1: then he put he put Tyler uh, like a vocal, I guess, just a, a you know like a conversation sample or something. Yeah, like at the end of that, and that was yeah. He,
0: he helped produce uh, pink and white also, so he does have a little bit of production. Credit oh,
1: Tyler did. Yeah, Tyler and Pharrell were on that track.
0: Pretty man. Yeah, pretty solid. And J D X X was on that second track, and Rostam from Vamp Weekend was on that second track.
1: I Dear just,
0: God. I, I just love johnny greenwood dude yeah johnny see all these guys that make subtle appearances yeah yeah it's like it works so well and this he had rick rubin on here too (laughs) it's just it's well constructed i don't think i've said that yet but everything like you mentioned was just put into
1: place so well yeah it's it's he had like more producers than and more contributors on this album than like I've ever, I don't maybe I've ever seen anybody Kanye's the closest I I can think of.
0: And you wouldn't does, be able to that tell. does
1: something like this. Right. Uh, with that amount of people.
0: But Frank know. is still easily the star of the show. And you wouldn't realize yeah, exactly. that, you wouldn't realize like how expansive the credit list is just by listening to the album at face value. And that's yeah. that's brilliant. That's subtlety, that's where replayability comes in. Right. Like, that's why I like this album more than I did um, so yeah we're, we're oh yeah
1: go ahead one more que- one more question about it yeah uh, how do you feel about the album art now
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um, I just s- want to know <laughs> I'm still confused to the blonde the two spellings of blonde right? yeah I think the the thing with the blonde is like okay so one spelling is for a man. And yeah, one spelling is for a woman. And I think I'm guessing that that has to do with like Frank's bisexuality.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's... what I
0: thought with that. But the, the cover itself, it's, you know, it's warming up to me. It's better than the Life of Pablo cover. I'll give it that. But <laughs> yeah. You know, I was I, I saw yeah. I mean, when I first saw that art, I was like, wait, really? He's not even like blonde as much. He is like green haired. So. Yeah, he's that's kind of
1: interesting. He's got green hair on it on, on uh, blonde,
0: yeah. So yeah,
1: I I think that I think that it's for sure the male female spellings of blonde and blonde, and then that has to do with his you know with his bisexuality and right. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that that's a given, which he touches but, uh, on by the way. Yeah, I'm 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 really starting to like the album cover. It's so oh, really? interesting. Like it is interesting. Yes, it's like I, I've never seen. It's like a like such a realistic photo, like it's like uh, you know what I mean. I'm like imagining it, it,
0: him taking a selfie in the shower, uh, but <laughs> looking right. dramatic. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah.
1: Or, well, yeah. you know what I mean. Like it's so or it's totally. like unfiltered. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, it looks like it just looks like somebody just had a high def camera and they just took a picture of him crying in the shower, <laughs> uh, and it's I don't know, and it, it fits obviously totally perfectly with the with the feel of the album and everything um so i'm starting to like i i'm not like crazy about it or anything
0: yeah to me it's like Uh, i I get where it it makes sense and i appreciate it but at the same time like i don't know it's people who don't know what this album is when i post the link to this podcast on Facebook with the album. Cover. Oh. And people are like, what is, What photo did Will just what put on What are you guys foot? talking <laughs> about? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. So, uh, so, yeah, any, like, we're kind of running out of time.
1: Uh, so any final thoughts, rating, any of that? Um, yeah, I'll give my final thoughts on it. Um, I think that track by track, this, I could understand almost any of these tracks being somebody, somebody's favorite, except for like the skits and, yeah, pretty much, yeah, the skits, I guess. So I think that that speaks volumes about how well done this album is. Um, the producers that are featured on here, the amount of talent that's contributed inside of this album, while still maintaining uh, Frank being the main attraction of it uh is is another thing that i think speaks volumes about it and like just like the guts that it took mm-hmm. to, to drop something like this something like so personal um and experimental and i don't know just not what people not quite what people expected i guess mm. um coming off of channel orange i think is is extremely impressive And I think that this is going to have a good amount of, maybe not a massive amount of impact, but a good amount of impact on, uh, you know, artists that are new artists that are going into the hip hop and R and B worlds, like Anderson Mm -hmm. Pack and uh, maybe even Chance, like those kind of people, people that are on the on the fringe of that kind of area. I think that. And, and, and any up-and-coming people. I think that it'll have a good amount of impact on the, on that kind of stuff. And, you know, Frank set a new standard, mm. really, with this for emotional, uh, the stuff that Drake was, was supposed to be the, the best at. <laughs> I think that Frank Ocean uh, kind of solidified himself as the real deal you know like coming from an honest place with this stuff this is what the j cole and the drake fans you know think that they're getting absolutely whenever they're listening to that kind of stuff and it's not even close to this amount of authenticity and emotion like you know it it, there's just no there's no content so you know frank's not gonna frank's not gonna do as well chart-wise as those guys do you know, he's not going to go double platinum with no major features because he has <laughs> so many major features on this album. <laughs> but, and, you know, regardless, I think that this album is is great. And uh, it's got its shortcomings for sure. But I think that the good outweighs the bad immensely. And uh, even like those random things like the Facebook story, and uh, the uh, the uh, Be Yourself skit, and the end of Future of Free, those are the big three parts that's, that are stand out, like kind of negatives for me. Mm. Uh, the big ones being Facebook Story and the uh, second part of Future of Free. Uh, but those, those things are immensely outweighed and fit pretty well into the rest of the album and outweighed by the good. So... Um, but they're still there, um, so I'm gonna give this album an eight.
0: Okay, eight.
1: Um, yeah, I was thinking about giving it a nine, uh, whenever like you know a few days ago, and then I was and and you know it's just uh, well I already explained. Sure. So I. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to keep validating. This. I I liked
0: a lot of the the macro big picture. Uh, points you just made, because that sort of ties into kind of what I was thinking about Frank as an artist overall as well. Like, I think Frank really separated himself from his contemporaries on this. Um, I think Frank has the talent and ability to easily just phone it in and become like a Chris Brown neo type. Yeah, he to- he could do that if he wanted to. He could have said, you know what, Channel Orange is my. You know, landmark album, and now I'm just going to hit the radio, get some cash. He could have done that. But I love that Frank took a ton of risks on this, even if the risks don't seem that obvious uh, on the first couple of listens. Um, So ever since Channel Orange, R&B has been kind of in a weird state, uh, an enjoyable one. But there hasn't really been that forefront artist I guess The Weeknd might be close or like Miguel. But I think, like you alluded to, I think Frank set the new benchmark. I think people like Weekend or Miguel or whoever, even like, uh, I don't know, any of those alternative R&B guys like James Blake, perhaps, I think they're looking at Blonde and thinking, oh, how can I top that? Or at least that's what I hope. I hope Frank inspires his contemporaries to make – greater music, less derivative music, make R&B like D'Angelo. D'Angelo brings yeah. a lot of ambition to R&B, and I think with Blonde, I think Frank really now has the potential to go down as like um, uh, uh, an all-time, I guess, artist in R&B. I think he has the potential to leave a legacy not like prince per se but yeah he's not prince but i think he could be remembered as you know maybe that next tier of all time r&b soul type of artists um so yeah i commend frank for uh continuing to experiment uh continuing to uh uh use his creativity um, I, I have the same rating as you. I'm giving this an 8. If you asked me on Monday, it would have been a 6. Um, you nice. asked me – if you asked me a couple weeks from now, I might have to turn that 6 upside down, you know? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but, but as of now, yeah, I'm feeling an 8. And I hate that <laughs> we both have given it an 8 because every critic seems to be giving it an 8 around there as well. <laughs> it's just like, are you serious? But I think
1: Pitchfork gave it a nine. So oh, it's a nine now.
0: Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, uh, I think just the fact that every critic and fan at least appreciates this album, at the very least, uh, I think that's a real testament. Um, So yeah, eight and eight. Let's see, eight plus eight divided by two. Uh, Our average score on Under the Scope for Frank Ocean's Blonde is three. Yeah. Wait. No, wait, wait uh, how did that happen? Right on one <laughs> so yeah, uh, an eight <laughs> average, um, we recommend it. Uh, listen to it if you haven't. I don't know why you would listen to our podcast if you haven't heard Blonde yet, but <laughs> if you listened to it a few times and didn't like it, even though you might be a Frank Ocean fan, I encourage you to listen to it some more, because after four listens even, I was like, mm, I don't really get it, so continue to give it some yep. more listens, uh not saying, you know, you have to like it, but I, I would just encourage people to do that. Um, I agree. Patrick, it felt great reviewing an album again.
1: That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was nice. I'm glad we got to do that again. <laughs> and
0: when you, you know, settle down in San Francisco, we'll have to do another one. There's a lot of crazy releases coming up on the calendar. Um, uh-huh. So I'm excited to really get back into reviewing albums. But as for now, uh, thank you for joining me listeners. Thank you for listening. And, uh, See you later.